world where laughter was king on the edge of space. Go! We get together, have a few laughs. Masters of the universe! Greetings, everybody! It's one of your hosts, the host to the left, Ron Avis, a.k.a. The Rental King. Joining me, as always, to the show. Did I mention that this is the Cinemasters of the Universe podcast? I usually mention that up front, in case you didn't know. <laughs> in case you didn't know, I'm also joined by the man to the north, the man who's never podcast podcasting poison. <laughs> Adam Peterson. Wistful. I mean, wistful. <laughs> oh, man. And this is another uh, water cooler episode where just a couple of white broads, we get together and we talk about things that have been happening in the movie world, sort of our, um, you know, state of the Cinemaster Union. But we just like to call it the water cooler now, which is, I, I, I enjoy the that rebranding a little bit it's nice and casual yeah just nice and cash uh just uh just moments before uh weeks before our well depending on when you listen to this our volume two halloween spooktacular where the we spooktacular. will <laughs> i don't have any sound effects i should we made it we just should, did our own sound you effects. could drop some of those in if you feel like it yeah i should i should find some sound effects you could. You could totally find some stuff that would rock. Um, but, yeah, this is just sort of a way for us to put out some content but not necessarily focus on, uh, well, to have homework. You know, not that doing the podcast is work, but we like to jot down some thoughts, feelings, the occasional factoid about whatever yeah, some things movie it is stuff. that we're talking about for one particular episode. But I like the I like the water cooler because it gives us a chance to kind of look back at our uh, texts to each other from the previous week and just you know catch up because you know we we do a few we, you know we have our comments and it's, but it's it's a bit laborious to to type out everything you're feeling or that you'd like to say in a text exchange at least for me it is and uh, you know we we can sort of talk about those things but. Of course, the saddest thing and the most, uh, well, the topic number topic number one that we need to get off our chests is uh, to to talk about uh, memorialize to pay tribute to one of our generation's greatest comics, uh, a, a man who has not spent a lot a great deal of time in cinema, but nevertheless has been in a few things uh, like. Billy Madison, a supporting role, which we talked about before, uh, and, and another movie that I actually really adore that I, I know that we'll probably get to one one day, uh, Dirty Work, which is great, where he was the lead, was kind of his starring vehicle, and uh, unfortunately, much like Norm's career, just, you know, wasn't ready for, you know, the, the general populace to accept his style of comedy. And that movie just was not a great success, unfortunately. I remember seeing that in theaters with uh, my good pal Pat. We we went to see it in theaters and loved it. It's we we were so, I mean we we were just rolling throughout the movie. Oh, and it was that, a that was def, 
Yeah, that that was definitely one of those moments that, for me at least, cemented who he was to me, like what I liked about I he he's really of that type of breed of of comedian that um he he didn't try to make you laugh with his uh great physical comedy or his his you know super well constructed jokes he delighted in the uh the politically incorrect um the that style that you know he he wanted to make you be uncomfortable a la a Will Ferrell uh or an or um you know, or or someone like him, and he he was probably ahead of his time a bit, and it he was he was he died just this week, uh, as as of this recording. Don't know when you'll be listening, but uh, I guess it would have been September. Was it September thirteenth? Uh, where it started? Let's was see, it fourteenth? Sixteenth. It was two days ago, right? So it was the fourteenth. Yeah. So. Word came out unexpectedly that he died of cancer at the uh, young age of 61. Uh, I mean, 61 is not young, but you certainly taken before his time as with any person who has had to fight cancer or <laughs> I, I really enjoy his joke of battling cancer or the <laughs> lack of battling cancer, which was seems pretty prescient uh, when, whenever I think Deadline was the first place I saw the news break, and you know they, there was a tweet, and a, one of one of the replies was just on point, uh, sharing the clip of him uh, making the jokes of, you know, nobody, nobody like like battles cancer, like cancer, cancer kills you, and then you always are a loser, and it's the last and then thing you the, did. It's the last thing you did. Wow, what a loser, that guy. And it means that really, honestly, cancer, if it kills you, it also kills itself. So honestly, it's really a draw, isn't it? <laughs> it's not like the cancer continues to survive after your death. <laughs> exactly. Just just the cause of cancer wins, I guess, you know. But, ah, oh, man, it, that's a, it's a real tough loss. And I, I I adore the guy. He had such a unique voice, both both figuratively and, you know, uh, was it a figuratively and literally? I guess you'd say <laughs> he had a really unique voice and delivery, and his style was just so norm. I don't know how else to say it. He really, yeah. I mean, that was, that was the thing about it is like he really is just kind of one of a kind in how he how he did comedy. That's yeah, even. Uh, you know the once it was leaked or made known or however you want to put it that he died after battling cancer for nine years there were a number of comedians that i saw that said know. you know the, the fact that no one knew for nearly a decade that he had been that he had been dealing with cancer is like the most norm thing in the world just because he wouldn't he, he wouldn't divulge that he would there were just so many things about him that you just have to say it's just a norm mcdonald thing it's he's just yeah. one of a kind in that. Yeah, it, it reminds me of when Chadwick Boseman passed away. You know, he died uh, of cancer, and he had been, you know, trying to get well from cancer for yeah. some time, and was just keeping that to himself. And again, many colleagues and uh, 
you know, people who he was their personal hero, they had no idea that he was even sick because he, you look at a Chadwick Boseman, he's so, he was just Black Panther in his prime. <laughs> yeah. I, Whereas Norm was getting older and his, you know, it kind of makes sense seeing his appearance go from this very gangly, lanky, tall, skinny comedian with, you know, this curly hair kind of unique look to him. And then, you know, he got older. People people get a little more puffy in the face when they get older. But I think it seems clear now that he was probably retaining a lot of water just from treatment of yeah. the cancer. And uh, he and he would make jokes about his fat face quite frequently. You know, he he wouldn't let anyone sort of diminish him or his comedy. Just, and I, I guess that's why a lot of people in turn don't actually talk about their cancer because they don't want people seeing them as this sort of already dead thing walking along. And that that would really take off take away from his edge, which is what he depended on was that yeah. edge. So, you know, I thought maybe we could just take a few moments before we get into, like, the news, the fun movie news, to just talk about two, maybe three appearances or things that are just very norm that we love. And, um, you know, I don't know if we're going to have any overlap or not. If if so, that's fine. You know, we do. No big deal. Uh, but they're, they're just a couple of little quick things because, you know, he doesn't have this extensive category catalog of films to, to to appreciate like some other great you know celebrities when they die and you're just like oh my gosh let's spend a lot let's spend days talking about their films uh just just little moments and it a, a lot of it a lot of it for me is just talk show appearances but <laughs> i i would uh I'll, I'll let you kick it off if you if you'd like or if you're not prepared i could talk about one. Oh, i no i i've in the last i i've always I've always been a huge Norm fan, and honestly, probably in the last four or five years is when I've really come to appreciate um, just the the brilliance of his of his, especially his stand up. Uh, I think that was the thing is, you know, my initial introduction to him on Saturday Night Live, and then just you know even the between Dirty Work and then the small appearances he had in in Sandler films and 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 whatnot that uh, that was kind of the initial introduction, but. You know, re- realizing that even he himself considered himself more of a stand-up comedian than anything else, than an actor or a, uh, or a, a, an SNL uh, alum, anything like that. Appreciating his stand-up, I think, has probably been one of the things that I've come to enjoy over the last four or five years uh, more than anything. And um, <laughs> the one of I know I sent them both to you, and we. we um, the uh, his last appearance doing stand up on uh, on Letterman uh, back in 2015, right before uh, right before Dave Letterman was done, because they were such mm-hmm. good friends. Um, right. That that and uh, his his participation in the roast of Bob Saget, who uh, was I think the first stand up he ever saw um, back. I want to say he was like 17 when he saw Bob Saget. And it was such oh, an wow. inspiration for him. Yeah, I was up in, in Canada, and um, they've they've been friends. I mean, obviously, Bob Saget, was, he was the director of Dirty Work, so they've had a relationship exactly. for a, a number of years. But I, I just, I love, I loved his his participation in the roast. He didn't want to do it, first off. They they, they called him and said, oh, you got to do this roast. And he's like, I don't want to do it. And so he knew, I mean, the 
the uh, the general idea of what you do in a roast, especially in in more recent years, breaking away from kind of the the Dean Martin roast, the New York Friar Club roast, uh, mm-hmm. that it's it's as dirty as you can be. That's 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 the whole goal. Is how 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 far can you push the envelope? And so he, in true Norm fashion, spent about six or seven minutes um, telling retirement home jokes to to an audience <laughs> that just had no idea what was going on. And even even when yeah. they cut over to the gallery, I love because like you you see a couple a couple quick takes from like Greg Giraldo, who he passed several yeah. years ago, yeah, and uh, Jim Norton, and they're both like neither of them seem to really understand. But then you get you get a couple shots of Bob Saget and a couple shots of Gilbert Gottfried and they are just doubled <laughs> over because they understand so well what Norm is doing. And, yeah. And that that is one of I mean like his stand up will forever just be amazing to me. But that is probably one of the most Norm moments of his entire career to me. I've watched it a handful of times over the last few days. And it's, I'm just, every time I watch it, I just die. I'm just, I mean, just tears rolling down my face. I'm laughing so hard because Norm is just, he's just amazing. Yeah, I like his comedy style, how he could just hang and he, he could just, his whole joke is his emphasis on a word. I feel like all of his best punchlines are these great, just emphasis of, of, of one word of his joke and it's usually underlying some ironic thing that's going on, and that's him. That's just what how awesome he was. And I love reading all of these great stories of comedians. Of course, Conan O'Brien was one of his many admirers. Yeah, and and frequent. Uh, he, he he had Norman all the time as a guest. Probably not ever to necessarily promote something that he's doing, but just to be that. Um, that first or second guest to move over to the couch and just enliven whatever, whatever thing that the the poor third guest has. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he was, but, he was always reliable filler. Always. Oh, he was an assassin when it came to that kind of thing. And uh, my favorite norm thing to ever happen, I think you, you could, you could wrap all of his, um, you know, all of his moments in SNL as Weekend Update, which were criminally underrated. Uh, you, you could take his movies and whatever. Just my favorite moment of Norm uh, was from, I think, 96 or 97 on Conan. And at that time, I was a nightly viewer of Conan. I was from the get-go. I never understood. Maybe it's because he was a kind of my generation he spoke to my generation and that that sort of like we're, we're taking what letterman did and we're just we're, we're kicking it up 10 10 times yeah all this silly goofy nonsense is going to be featured on my show and that's just like the perfect place for like time wasters such as will ferrell and norm mcdonald to just play and grow and do their thing like no one other and uh when he had Courtney Thorne Smith on you know you know where I'm going with this oh yeah uh oh yeah she she was on Melrose and uh the interview is the the clip on YouTube is easy to find it's out there and there's like an eight or nine minute long clip of uh all of it of course the last minute and a half to two minutes are the best parts uh Courtney is talking about 
a movie, Conan, Conan is just sort of going through the motions, I believe, at this point. And he's like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's kind of weird that you're leaving the success of Melrose Place to be featured in movies with Carrot Top, who, you know, we know now and knew then was never going to be like a, a huge yeah, box office happening. draw. Yeah, so they're they're having fun with just the they're having fun with Courtney anyway because of the the movie that she's talking about, and I love how it plays out. It plays out so genuinely to me because there was apparently thought to be no title of this movie that she was doing, and then she reveals that the movie is going to be called Chairman of the Board, and Conan and and Norm have already had back and forths at this point. And I love how Conan goes, oh, do something with that, you freak. And then without missing a beat, Norm leans in and goes, I bet they spell the board B-O-R-E-D. It's so and perfect. I, it's Conan so breaks perfect. in a way that I've never seen him break in my life. He is so delighted. <laughs> and Conan's a very smart, wordy sort of comedian uh, he he dabbles in like low brow, but he's extremely high brow. You he's know, he's Harvard like one of those. Educated. He's Harvard educated for sure, and he he is just so. I see him turn into a little kid in ways where I've seen him turn into little kids, but very measured in the past. That that was just like a moment of zen or bliss for everybody. Who even Courtney Courtney Thorne Smith, who's just sort of probably at that point, like yeah yeah, you're you're really being a dick, and if. We, Conan even says at one point, like, you're the greatest, biggest ass I've ever met. You know, like he's, <laughs> and they're just laughing like it's there. He's loving him every minute. But even she is just dying of laughter. And, uh, you know, there, there have been moments like I, I would recommend that you go out to Google and you just just search for things like um, Norm McDonald's greatest, uh, you know, talk show moments or moments there, there's a youtube channel called i'm not norm and the the channel is just dedicated to compilations of norm mcdonald and it's very lovingly done and there's many many uh compilations of of norm just doing his thing and that but that to me is the best example of what norm was really all about well that that was uh that's i mean one of the things about him and there's, I mean, there's a, because those, I, I like those moments because they're, um, like there's just enough freedom for him. Like he's, he's still kind of has the guardrails on just a little bit. Um, uh, cause he knows like, okay, you know, I, they gotta be able to air this. Um, yeah. so he doesn't just like go totally, uh, off the reservation, but like there's so many times I, I think I sent it to you the other day. One of the things he did way back when, because I know he and uh, Will Ferrell did uh, their uh, their shtick from uh, Weekend Update with uh, Norm and uh, Harry Carey a couple times at the ESPYs. But they had Norm oh, there, and yeah. he he made the he did one of his his OJ jokes in reference to Charles Woodson, and like it just panned <laughs> through the audience, and there are so many people that are just like what what did he yeah. just say and it's like uh and then uh who was i i was another comedian i'm trying to i love that too because the joke was basically uh charles woodson had won the heisman as yeah. a defensive player which had never i guess happened before at that time and he's like congratulations 
for winning the Heisman as the first defensive player to ever win the Heisman. They'll never be able to take that away from you. And apparently, like, the the second trial of OJ, where the one, the civil court case, yeah. where he lost, he they, had they given up his, his Heisman awards. trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Unless and you then, of murder course, the punchline of the show, right? <laughs> and a waiter. <laughs> That's oh, it was just. It's, and there's nobody laughing at that ever, anywhere because it's the stadium is filled with athletes. Oh, it oh, it's so uncomfortable. And Norm is just it's sustenance for him. You know, it's like Gilbert Gottfried and Will Ferrell. They're just loving every minute of it. They're um, I'm trying to. I'm, I I know I'd heard the story before, and it's just in my. The last couple of days diving into any, anything and everything norm that I could, it resurfaced again. Um, it may, I, I might've been spayed talking about it. Um, uh, but, uh, there was, it was, a, it was years ago. Um, norm, he, uh, had an appearance at the Iowa state fair and, uh, <laughs> he, uh, it, it was, it was great because I, I think he was, I think he was closing uh, and I forget, it must not have been Spade because it was somebody else talking about they had opened for him. And mm-hmm. and they were talking about Norm Norm just gets up and it, it was like, it's the Iowa State Fair. It was like, they're really just trying to drive. It's Iowa State Fair. It was like, there's families there. Oh, it's Tom, it was Tom Segura. He was the one who was talking about it. He's like, mm-hmm. there, were, there were kids there. There's grandparents. There's all these people in the audience. And so it's, I mean, it's like, and there's here's this big show with all these comedians. Norm McDonald's there, and it's like, and he had some notoriety. It wasn't just like, oh, hey, here's this guy Norm McDonald. He was he was closing out the show, and he gets he goes up, and he just starts into this routine about gay porn right off the bat. <laughs> and sounds so gross. He's reliving the story. It's like it's like it's like you've never seen six hundred people stand up yeah. and leave so fast and norm doesn't oh stop. my gosh he doesn't yeah. he just keeps going like that <laughs> like a dog with the bone man. that is and that like that was just what was like there was nothing like the uh, the only other one i really wanted to bring up because i mean he's done so much and we just don't have enough yeah. time but i know i know when he was on the view back in the uh, i think it was mid to late 90s oh he uh, was on family feud oh uh, he was on the view uh, with the uh, with uh, oh the view okay, okay okay oh Walters. that's that's actually even more enticing now <laughs> go please continue <laughs> oh I, and he like he it's it's I mean it was back when it first started because it was Star Jones and it was Barbara Walters and it was Joy Behar and he's 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 on the, and I remember listening to him talk about it he had been playing cards for like three days straight I mean like yeah. he had been up forever. Oh, he's he, one of the all-time degenerate gamblers, oh, from what like, I understand. Yeah, he and he <laughs> he was just wired, and he was out there, and he was just goofy, and he was in the. He was like, he did. I mean, like he knew what he was doing. He wasn't like, yeah. oh no, I had no idea. It was he was like, no, I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna have some fun. And he just he goes right. out there and he's talking about how the Clintons clearly murdered people, and they're like, you can't <laughs> say that. This is a live <laughs> show. They're desperately like at one point, literally, Joy Behar gets up and walks over and puts her hand over his mouth. It's like we're moving <laughs> on, and I'm just like, that's so Norm. And it's just, he, how do you put Norm on your show oh. and like do that? I mean, but but to be fair, I mean, I got lost. Some producers just didn't do their homework because he was known to give a very uh, normal pre-interview. Yeah. 
knowing full well that he was going to not talk about any of those things. Yeah. And if someone tried to go that route, he would immediately deter them with jokes of rape, midgets, uh, retards. Like he yeah. was just, just any, the worst was like, oh. politically correct person in the world. And he was just going to fly off the rails immediately. I saw him make Jerry Seinfeld break pretty good yes. in one of his episodes of comedians riding in cars. And uh, it, it was a rape joke. And really, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't, it's like, and, and then what, what was another thing that he made? Oh, he made his joke about the crocodile hunter that I sent you. Is oh, yeah, John Stewart. Don't make me laugh no, at John, this. Don't make me laugh at this. And he's like, you know, that guy who, like, you won't believe the guy who just died. Was it the Frank? Guy who, was, did Frank get him? <laughs> right, right. He's like, and it was some fruity fish that Some killed him and not fish. an alligator. <laughs> you guys aren't going to believe this. Oh, and he's just going on and on and on and on and basically like what seemed like a canned stand-up routine, but I'm sure it was all off the cuff and off the top of his head. And God, I love him. Uh, my my only other thing, and then we can move on to some other stuff, and then we'll 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 continue. We'll we'll we're not done talking about Norm by a long yeah. shot ever on the yeah. podcast, but just for this the purposes of this and our time allotted, uh, I know he's not particularly known as a great uh, impressionist. I guess I don't know what you call it, but you know, like a Dana Carvey yeah. or of of some like a, a Bill Hader who are just expert impersonators of celebrities, but his. Um, Burt Reynolds is my favorite. Oh, and yes. of course, I'm gonna have to bring up the infamous Turd Ferguson. Turd giving, Ferguson. Uh, uh, Alex Trebek, aka Will Ferrell. Just, I mean, really, I mean, it's it's all about Will Ferrell and uh, um, Sean Connery. Yeah. But just having just having uh, you know, another guy like he he's just babysitting these these honorary celebrities he's doing Burt Reynolds and he's he's doing the turd ferguson thing and like i i say turd ferguson no less than 10 times a day every day since the day i saw that i will use it in a sentence <laughs> to describe anybody i don't care whether it be someone i'm upset with or love turd ferguson i that is just one of the all-time dumb jokes throwaway jokes that he just put on like a suit and wore and he's, oh, you know yeah. he, he he just you know and he he puts on the giant stupid hat and everything and he's just having yeah, fun got a big hat right but i've also seen people who are fans of his quentin tarantino and it's good too probably his actual best impersonation but uh the 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 anytime he would do he would put on the mustache and and be uh, Burt Reynolds was my absolute favorite. And I would love to know what Burt Reynolds thought of him. Probably not much knowing him. But yeah. I'd like to think that he was was flattered by that. And with that, I guess we'll just move on. You know, RIP, Norm, you were one of the greats. And we didn't, we didn't know how much we loved you until we started going down yeah. all those rabbit holes of YouTube clips. And uh, he, he is often referred to as a comedian's comedian. And, you know... All, a lot of our favorite comedians looked up to him. And there, there are many, many sweet tributes out there on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, just, you know, can't, who can't believe he's gone? And neither can I. And that's the last sad thing we're going to talk about, I promise. <laughs> um, so, let's see. Uh, yeah, we, we have time to hit a lot of these. Okay, I want to talk about some uh, news 
first of all, we got our first Matrix Resu- Resurrection trailer. Like we've actually seen it, and uh, I I thought it was a really neat good. It was a good trailer. Neat man, I just sound lame. It's a really cool trailer. I love the whole uh, Jefferson Airplane White Rabbit. Yes, sort of really mixed well in done. with the classic Matrix score. Really gets you pumped up. Really well done. And I just have so many questions watching this trailer, man. Like, we, we obviously, we see Keanu as Neo. He's back. We see, uh, uh, was it Carrie Ann Moss? We see uh, Trinity. She's back. But where the hell is Lawrence Fishburne, man? Where is Morpheus? Yeah. I was kind of, I was like, what? what? Like, I know Hugo Weaving opted out. He wasn't going to be in it. He said, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I, duh, I was yeah. like, what? I mean, what is, especially, especially because he, I mean, like he's still doing, and the two of them are still doing stuff together in the John Wick franchise. Like, yeah. Wh- why would you not? Right. Is he just too old? Is, I mean, do you think maybe that has something like, maybe he just couldn't, maybe he just didn't want to get into Matrix shape or something. The, I, I, I suppose the physicality, like, you know, yeah. even even down to the stuff that he would have to do to accommodate, like the special effects, like getting into harnesses and all that. It's like, I mean, yeah. it's, he's not like an out of shape, you know, old guy, but he's. I mean, no. I I know, you know, we've talked about it before. That's why Hugh Jackman doesn't want to come back and keep doing Wolverine because it just yeah. is so physically, physically demanding. demanding. Yeah, I, I know when they were they announced the new trilogy, the Star Wars trilogy, and they were saying, "Well, we're getting the original gang back together." A lot of those actors had to go through quite a bit of training just to get into any kind of shape, not even good shape, just any kind of shape to return to in front of a camera. You know, like Mark Hamill had to lose a bunch of weight. Carrie Fisher had to lose a lot. I think Harrison probably was the best, you know, most ready, but he was too busy crashing helicopters and stuff and breaking his leg, climbing in and out of the. I don't know if he actually crashed a helicopter. That's probably news I just made up. But he is famously a pilot. and uh, But yeah, for, for John Wick, I mean, it's going to be weird not seeing Morpheus. And you got that the character who's being like Morpheus. I think he's supposed to in be the a trailer. young Morpheus. Is that right? I, I've been reading all kinds of crazy theories, so I don't have my own theory. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think we have the amount of time to discuss theories. But I am going to be very... I don't think any of the theories are going to be right because... You know, the, these movies are the last couple of movies were pretty overwrought to me. The first movie is just like a perfect movie. And the second movie to me was pretty enjoyable. Like the action set pieces were really good. And the third movie was just like a total disaster for me. Like it was somewhat enjoyable in the moment, but I never watch it ever. And I know that Neo dies at the end of the third movie. Spoiler alert. He's blinded and and dead. So like I'm like, how is he back in the Matrix living? Like I that I just I'm not creative enough of an of a person to come up with a scenario where he should be living as an older man in the Matrix. Can you? Yeah, I've some some of what because I've I've watched a couple uh, breakdowns of the trailer and and gotten you know some of the oh here's what we think or conjecture there the the running one or the one that made the most sense to me was <clears throat> that the last iteration of the matrix that we were aware of was the sixth. 
and presumably this is the seventh and kind of in a similar fashion to what they were going to do with Cyrus uh, mm-hmm. played by uh, Joe Pantoliano is reinsert Neo into the matrix. And I think some of the, you know, some of the shots kind of uh, support that idea that he's put yeah. back into that, that stasis is a human battery and almost that the, the blue pills that you see in the trailer are that, the matrix you know like because he struck a deal with uh the robots at the end of uh revolution and so they put him back in there's this you know potential oh did he did he just go back into the matrix and didn't die am i just remembering that wrong well the i i I haven't uh, that was uh in covering stuff that's what people are saying they're thinking is what happened is there's this whole new iteration of the matrix and they just reinserted uh neo and that he's in the matrix and he's kind of having these flashbacks because even though they, you know, they're they're referencing that scene where uh, Joe Pantoliano is talking about like I want to be put back in. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's remember, a great scene. I don't want to remember anything, yeah. and I want to be you know rich and famous. And so supposedly right, right. he's. I actually side with Joey Pantoliano. In that scene. Oh yeah, like <laughs> no, oh wearing you know potato cloth and uh, eating gruel and yeah, you know, like yeah, no, running for sounds, your life. That sounds every way better moment. than. Being yeah. able to fly everywhere you go <laughs> and do whatever you want. Oh, yeah. That's, yes. Okay. But, uh, yeah, the, the blue pills that you see in the trailer and all the kind of nods of that color, you know, even mm-hmm. the Neil Patrick Harris are all yeah. elements within the Matrix kind of trying to keep Neo in a, Suppress. a, a homeostasis yeah. that is agreeable. Yeah. And, and he's kind of breaking out of that. And there's How great things. is that to see Neil Patrick Harris in this thing? That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Always. I mean, all, I mean, really and truly, you know, it was good to see Carrie Ann Moss. I mean, cause I don't, yep. I don't know if she's had, I mean, she's been in a number of things, but I mean, Trinity is yeah. by far her most notable role. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's unfortunate not to see uh, Lawrence Fishburne back, but I mean, the other yeah. casting choices that they've made, uh, cause <clears throat> even the, uh, even the guy that, uh, they, that you see as one of the agents is returning. I didn't realize mm. cause outside of Hugo Weaving, I didn't pay attention. But he's mm-hmm. returning as one of the guys who played an agent in the original trilogy. So I, I, I can see that. I mean, I guess like in a Robert Palmer video, you can just slick back a, a, yeah. a brunette's hair and put the makeup on and you're pretty similar looking. So like, you know, just generic white guy with the, the agent look. But it did look like that's interesting that you're confirming that. And also, by the way, uh, I'm just now remembering something there. So there was a video game released in the early 2000s, like 2005-ish. It was going to be one of it was going to be a big deal. It was a, it was one of those yeah. MMAO like massively multiplayer games that just didn't take, but it had supposedly at the time anyway, it had um the stamp of approval of of the uh, Wachowskis or Wachowskis or however you pronounce it. And uh, it is considered canon, and in, in that game, Morpheus dies. Ah, well, then like that would is, make sense. He, he is, yeah, he is killed in that game. Like, you see it happen. There's no sort of, like, oh, does he die off screen? No, he is shot and killed in the Matrix. So um, I wonder if that's going to continue or if they're just sort of pulling it back. Part of me thinks they are not going to because Lana is, I guess, the one who's doing it uh, on her own, she's doing it by herself now. It's not like yeah. a, a team like it was in the past. And I, I read a, a just a little brief blurb about how she only is returning to the Matrix as comfort food. 
uh, because of, you know, difficulties that are going on in her personal life right now. She just really wanted to return to the Matrix uh, after, you know, years of other, you know, with with varying degrees of success. No, nothing ever as big as the Matrix, but, I mean, hello, the Matrix is, you know, the freaking Matrix. Uh, there's definitely things they've done that I've enjoyed, either it be film or television shows. They're they're always interesting, whether you love love it or hate it or don't are indifferent. You have to at least admit their stuff is interesting and visually interesting, you know, as well. So I, I I'm I'll be curious to see how that plays out. I I, I was I think I was telling you I went from being somewhat excited to see that movie to being really pumped like. Kind of like how we talked about Dune in the last water cooler, you know, you you'd gone up from you went from like a one to a three or something yes. like that, and I went from like a three to like a six or whatever it was. For this, I was probably at a five or six. Now I'm at an eight or nine. Yeah, and you know it, I because mainly just because a lot of these franchises just don't work twenty years later as well. They just don't work as well. And they 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 kind of like satisfy you, like just candy, you know. Like you feel oh, that yeah. nostalgia, and it satisfies you, and it feels right. But does it really do anything to the further the story? Probably not. And I'm hoping that this one does. I hope it can redeem the third movie a bit, and or or tell it in such a way that the third one doesn't need redeeming. It, it can stand on its own, like. The third one was supposed to be the end of the story, but it just didn't. It's not satisfying for me at all. And uh, you know that I just the Matrix Resolutions coming out. Is it Christmas? Is it coming out? Yeah, Christmas? comes out Christmas. So uh, the twenty yeah, second, twenty second of December, yep, I think. In theaters and HBO Max. I don't know. Maybe by then I'll I'll think about theaters. I'm I'm not quite sure. I'm very happy to have the option of seeing yeah. it on HBO Max, but that that seems far enough down the road. Maybe. I'll be able to just see that and feel comfortable enough to be. Because, I mean, I've already talked about uh, covering myself in a germ-free tent or ball <laughs> to go see Ghostbusters in November. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, final thoughts for you on The Matrix? Are you are you as pumped to see it as I am? Yeah, or, that, that's you know? uh, one of the things that I, was really, that I really started getting excited about um, because it had been so long is when we really started getting trailers again. I was like, okay, it makes you feel like movies are actually coming out. And then they did. Like, oh, movies are actually coming out. Like, even the other day, mm-hmm. um, I think I was watching something on YouTube, and they played uh, the trailer for the new James Bond. And I was like, oh, that's right. They're actually going to show that movie probably in theaters. <laughs> I know. I think. Uh, probably, yeah. I'd imagine. That's a few weeks away. And it's like, oh, could you know, could be another Lucy in the football thing. Oh, nope. Not till 2025. We're just going to go ahead and I say know. It. I know. Um, but... Uh, this is this is one of those where because I knew it was coming out, but it's not been one of those projects that you I've heard a lot of updates on. It's just been one of those. Not like, really. I mean, I knew mm-hmm. they were working on it, and every now and then it's like, hey, yeah, we're still we're gonna make another Matrix. But then, here's like, Keanu Reeves outside a building with yeah. it raining. Like, yeah, <laughs> here's a here's a picture of Keanu. It's like, but you're saying yep, this is make a movie but uh, like <laughs> right. it he just looks like he's like oh is he on his way to go get a sandwich or like wh- what is the context yeah. here it's like oh he's making a movie it's like there's nothing about this photo that would make me feel like yeah. that's happening it's just him right. wearing a hat 
He's got a hat. Right. So that's not a like a clear indicator he's making. That's movies. quite. That's a hell of a scoop you guys oh, got there. Oh my gosh! Look at him. He's, <laughs> he, he normally probably doesn't wear a hat, but th- he's clearly wearing a hat here. So must mean he's in a movie. Um, but uh, this this trailer, yeah, like uh, that's one of those things I love about a trailer is it gets you interested. It gets you curious. Um, yeah. I don't feel like in this instance that it just gives away anything too much. Like that doesn't bother me as much as it used to. Like I've, I've kind of yeah. gotten over that, but like it is nice when they give you a compelling trailer that doesn't just yeah. give the whole movie away. Right. Right. I'm telling you, man, like at that in part of the trailer, when the matrix score is sort of intermingling with the, the white rabbit, I, I was getting like a little bit of goosebumps, little ones, yes. not not big afterlife goosebumps, but like smaller ones. All right, let's move on to our next uh, next topic here. We you know we got about another fifteen minutes or so. Um, Halloween Kills will be streaming on Peacock now, which is great. I Excellent. love that. I'm so excited. It with with the news of Ghostbusters getting pushed back and me being like, hey, let's 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 get it out there streaming day and date so we can have like. Ghostbuster parties, but yes, I'm very excited for Halloween Kills. Even though the Rotten Tomato score right now isn't good, it may be falling. I, I don't know if people were just so happy to get a not sucky Halloween in the last one that came out, but I mean that is still certified fresh. If you go to Rotten Tomatoes, like the first Halloween, the the sequel to the original with older Jamie Lee, you know that that oh, was yeah. a big hit. It made a lot of money. And it was, uh, you know, reviewed very well. And this one's being like, it's at like a 56% early. And uh, I was going to ask you, does, does that worry you any at all? Um, I, I, think, I think at this point, especially when it comes to Halloween stuff, um, I'm, I'm just like that whole franchise, I'm just rolling with it. Like the, uh, the whole critic community i feel like is never really that kind to the horror fran- the horror genre in general and um because I, I know uh like even uh malignant just came out i think what was it last yeah last friday and yep. I, i've i mean i people some people really enjoyed it and some people just wanted to shit all over it yeah. and it, it's just it's one of those i'm like especially when it, i mean i'm i'm always partial to the to the um, Halloween franchise. It's my favorite of all of the horror movie franchises. Michael Myers mm-hmm. is my favorite of the slashers, especially from the you know, 70s and 80s slashers. And so yeah. I'm I'm just, you know, I'm I'll be the uh the Bucky Barnes to their Captain America. I'm with until the end of the line. <laughs> yeah, so but so you're not at all. I, I think it seems cool. I mean I, I was really weird how they ended it in the the last one. Yeah. Like, how are they going to continue? Because he is trapped and burning right now. But, I mean, silly me. I should know better. I should never doubt the uh, ability of uh, any one or two writers to resurrect Michael Myers for a new, a new Halloween movie. I mean, if they can't think of a way to do it logically in any way, then they'll just include some sort of supernatural element. Or they'll just reboot it entirely and yeah. just come up like, with a oh, new one. Michael found, well, he, Michael found a secret passage. But, but the fact that it is a continuation and we and it does have Jamie Lee in it again. I mean, any, any Halloween movie with Jamie Lee instantly sets it to the front of the class. You know, it, even H2O, which isn't the greatest Halloween movie, it's still enjoyable because it has her in it, I think. 
And uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see this. And speaking of day and date type streaming releases, it, it led me to another observation. I noticed that Adam's Family 2 is also going to be streaming day and date, which got me excited. And I, I was like, oh, there's probably no coincidence to this. There's a lot of these movies uh, that are family-oriented that are electing to go day and date to, I, I assume, um, A, to make some more money because kids probably aren't likely to go out in a, a theater unvaccinated and the safety concerns and all of those things. But I think I, I would like to believe that a bigger part of it is since it is kids – the dollar signs is taking more of a backseat and they are just out of the goodness trying to just have a more of an audience see their movie at the time they want to see it Halloween time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just really grateful that they're doing that. Cause you know, I will pay the 30 bucks or whatever it is. I think in the case of Halloween kills, if you have a Peacock subscription, you're going to be able to see it like uh boss babies too. Uh, but I mean, even if it were, even if they were to do the Disney, Twenty nine ninety nine. I would pay that. I think thirty dollars is a right, uh, reasonable price for a movie that's a a big thea- a theatrical release movie that's planned to be a theatrical release, be released day and day. I think that's an extremely um, doable dollar amount once you factor in all of the snacks and movie tickets and et cetera, et cetera that we've talked about time and time again. And here here's my all that's just sort of a long-winded roundabout way to go back to why doesn't Sony want to do the same? Like they're, they're, they're not releasing hotel Transylvania streaming. They're not doing Ghostbusters streaming. Yeah. Why don't they follow suit with some of these other studios and let, cause I mean, I guess my question to you was, is Ghostbusters a kid's film? Uh, does it, does it kind of fit into that mold? And, uh, I, I think it kind of is like kids really enjoy Ghostbusters. And I think a lot of kids are seeing the marketing out there, the costumes and the cereals yeah. and the toys. They're out there now at Target. Like I saw like the new cast done in the, uh, you know, diamond collect or diamond series style or whatever. Uh, really, what really nice molds, good looking toys, collectors style toys. And they're out there. So I think, even though it's going to scratch that nostalgia itch from the first two movies, like many, many adults are excited. We fit. We're, but we're unique. We're, we're adults and like kids anyway. So we kind of like a double whammy for us. <laughs> we'll buy two tickets for, for one for our nostalgic side and one for our kid side. But um, I, it kind of it kind of really bums me out that Sony's really digging in with this whole, like, no, we're not doing that. It, it, you know, movies should be enjoyed in theaters and they're taking that sort of approach where I, I still say if they had their own streaming platform to dump it on, they would. But anyway, do you, do you think that Ghostbusters is for kids and would you uh, still go see it in theaters if, if it comes out day and date? I think um, as if you go back to, you know, especially if you go back to, um, Aykroyd's original intention for what he wanted the first Ghostbusters to be, I think they intended it for for it to not be for kids. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think that that's how it played out. I think especially, um, I mean, because I remember a- as a kid, um, and I don't, it may have, it was probably concurrent with the cartoon. I, I don't know if I, 
I, I couldn't tell you if I watched the because the the first movie came out when I was one, so it, it was a couple years yeah. after it was it had been out. Yeah, I remember watching it. Uh, my grandma had it on uh, VHS, and I would watch it every time we were there. I mean, multiple times. Like that was the that was the movie that I wore out. The first one I wore out. So I would watch it over and over, and you know, and then because you know, back in the eighties, you had such you had such a uh, dedication between movies and toys that whole marriage really hit a stride in the 80s especially when you had the real ghostbusters come out and now you have this cartoon that's you have these characters you have these entities i mean bill mary hates ghostbusters too because of their attempt to appeal to the real ghostbuster kids coming to theaters and expecting maybe some more of that like i totally understand it's kind of like the whole like tmnt2 like the reason they're the w- the reason that movie is the way it is is because they wanted to appeal to a broader audience. Yeah, I get it. Um, so and 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 kids will like both versions, you know. Like they don't oh, yeah. even care. It's and, it's really funny how like all these all this thought has gone into it, and a kid's gonna go see it no matter what. They're gonna find it. And I th- I think that I think that stands true with this this news on. I mean, even even the Ghostbusters answer the call that came out in 2016 that everybody crapped all over. Um, yeah, which I mean, I I get, but at the same time, I still don't. I mean, because there's yeah, there's been plenty of movies that have come out. Um, uh, even one of the things I saw, Amazon Prime uh, or Prime Video came under. You know, people were giving them grief for uh, a tweet they put out uh, uh, last couple weeks, asking what movie you want to see an all female reboot of. It's I mean we've we've talked about that kind of stuff. It's like if that's your goal. I think you're not going to make a quality movie because you're too focused on the wrong thing. But if you want to make a quality yeah. movie that ends up being, you know, an all female cast, because I thought, I thought they cast the female ghostbusters really well. I mean, I thought I, I, I still enjoy that movie. It's not, I mean, I am far more looking forward to afterlife than I was the yeah. one from 2016, but I don't, I mean, I don't think it's as huge of a misstep as they want to pretend it was. And I still really genuinely don't get why there was so much anim- just outright animosity towards it. But I think with this one, the same, same thing is like they really brought back the nostalgic toys. I mean, that was kind of a big push they had, especially with Walmart bringing out the old Kenner toys uh, <laughs> leading up to this. Yeah. And then all of the new stuff. I mean, I know, I mean, I think we both follow the Ghostbusters news uh, Twitter uh, account and yeah. And oh, I'm on a couple of different fa- yeah. uh, Facebook groups. So for there's, Ghostbusters. I mean, yeah. I, they're, I mean, they're, so, I mean, I think, was it uh, uh, one of the. And Halloween. majority of those people in that group are friendly to 2016's answer yeah. call. Like, they're, they're, they're tolerant of it. it. It's just, it's just the usual, like, shitheads out there who, you know, the reason we can't have anything nice. Yes. Um, and then adding on top of that, just adding the fuel to the fire is the 24 hour news cycle shining yeah. the spotlight on those, the trolls yeah. who are just happy as could be getting all that attention, making it an even bigger deal. And like more or less sinking that movie from ever having a true shot of being a big hit and turning into a franchise. I also believe the movie had many missteps. I, I thought that movie yeah. sort of lost its way mid mid movie. There, and, there were uh, definitely things that they they didn't execute well that I wish they yeah. would have done better. There's so many good ideas at play, but just I wonder if there's like I know that there was the Blu-ray or the DVD of the extended cut, which makes you know it's it's good, it's fine. 
I would wonder if there's like another cut version of that movie. Yeah. Like, you know, like sometimes like they'll they'll take another person and cut a different movie that they think will be better, but more people are upset about that and they're demanding like the Snyder cut and the Ayer cut and so on and so forth. Yeah. Maybe someone should recut the movie. <laughs> And give us like another version of the movie and see if anyone likes yeah, it better. Like, I don't hey, know. What, what are you doing I don't know. I know that's asking a lot, but nowadays people just seem to get a movement going of five or so thousand really loud people, and you can you can sort you of can get what stuff. you want. You get yeah. a whole new Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> you really can. Uh, how much? How are we doing on time? We got to wrap this up. Uh, yeah, we got about, we got a few more minutes before we hit. The we got a few mark. more minutes. <clears throat> Okay, I, I really wanted to bring up one thing that you brought to my attention. It's the last thing we could talk about is the news of a uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge who is in the new uh, yet-to-be-released Indie 4. Yes. Uh, and you, you, had, you had sent me the link of the article where she could be uh, groomed as the replacement Indiana Jones in any future movies. And how we were both sort of bumped, it kind of bumped us both the wrong way for, for I think the same reasons that you were speaking to about just, just change for the sake of, uh, you know, just of, for the sake of changing. Yeah. To be, woke, and, uh, to be whatever. Yeah. For whatever your, to... whatever your reasons may well intentioned as they may be, um, you, you can't just do that and then expect it to be a hit. And then blame people for not being woke because they didn't want to go see Lady Indiana Jones or whatever. Um, but I, I would be excited if that were to happen. Just to give you my take that nobody asked for, because I, <laughs> I would be excited for that as long as I see the movie and I, for whatever reason, they must just for that story to come out. There must be some good buzz of you know what she's bringing to the new movie. But we already had Shia LaBeouf, poss- like, supposedly was going to be, he was his actual kid. Yeah. You know, so he was going to be, like, Indy Jr. and carry on. But that movie just, even though it made a good sum of money, more more people, it's like the Ghostbusters thing. Enough people bitched and moaned and whined and complained about it to where it's almost like the bastard. You know, like, we're not going to, it's like, I, I see people make jokes like, yeah, sell me the Indiana Jones collection I'll pay more without Crystal Skull or yeah, whatever. Exactly. I just bought the 4K set. It's it's coming from Amazon, and uh, I'm kind of excited to see the fourth movie again. I, I I enjoyed it fine when it came out. There were a lot of things about it that's very Indiana Jones, but I guess my point being, if they do push Phoebe Waller Bridge into this indie type role where she may not be blood. And she wouldn't be called necessarily Indiana Jones, but if they could do like a spiritual successor and have the team of Lucas and uh, Spielberg, maybe if not directing it or being at the forefront of the creative team, at least be involved, you know, so that you can get that feel of a of Spielberg Lucas movie. And we'll, we'll just see, you know, like I'd be willing to uh, give it a chance. It, but not if she is Indiana Jones herself. Like that can't you can't just replace Indiana Jones. And if you're gonna if you plan to put her in more indie movies in that title role, then I mean there's something there's something huge about this character. And I know that you're a you you do like that actor. You I think she she oh, does yeah. bring plenty of nerd cred. I I really only know her as the the droid from the solo movie. But 
she, I forget like L uh, seven. I don't know. Like she, but but that was um she was the Billy D. She was she was um Lando's droid, and uh, she was enjoyable in that. I really enjoyed her humor. But she's also very British, and Indy is an American. That's another thing. Like, what is she going to play British in the new movie, or is she going to be another Brit being American? I don't know. There's a lot to be determined. What, what yeah. do you think? There's there's a lot there's a lot of unpack. I mean, I absolutely loved uh, the show Fleabag, which I think is probably what she's most famous for, which is still not saying a whole lot because uh, there's not a lot of people that watch it. I tell people anytime I even get close to the topic of that, I love to tell people, oh, you gotta watch it. You should watch Fleabag because it's really yeah. well done. It's just it's yeah, yeah. I think it's twelve episodes between two seasons, and that's all you're gonna get. I don't think they. Uh, like even as somebody who wanted a third season at the same time, I don't because it ends so well at the end of the last episode, you just let it be what it is. That's a lot of what British TV ends up being. And she was, she was incredibly capable. I mean, she's a great, a great comedian, um, great presence. Um, and so it's, it's really, it's nothing, nothing about her. It's just, that's what I, what I hate is when they take that and they make that a focal point, it kind of, sullies the waters for me because if you just make if that's what you want to do and you've written a compelling story then let that play out yeah in in the story let me let me take in this movie and have mm-hmm. you hand, hand the reins over because i mean yeah. there's been i mean that was they they keep doing this and they publicize it that was that was my big thing you know when even going into the the most recent Star Wars movies, like, oh, we're going to get Lando back. And it's like, yeah, because everybody was like, oh my gosh, when are we going to get more Lando? And it's like, (laughs) you have, I was excited. I wanted to see more Lando. I enjoyed it, but it was like, (laughs) Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie. It's one of those was like, wait a minute, you mean Billy D Williams is going to be in this? Well, I wasn't going to see it. (laughs) No, right. Now I am. Yeah. Uh, And I was kind of like, it was one of those like, I liked it's when like they, the candy topping, but like there are already other candy toppings. So you're yeah. just adding in like a tenth type of candy topping. <laughs> well, and it was I mean, like they kind of did this slow burn through all three movies where it was like I thought what they were gonna do is bring the original characters into Force Awakens to to yeah. kind of bridge that gap of, hey, we did prequels before and everybody kind of crapped all over those. These ones yeah. are different and they got the old guys. You should come see them because the old guys are like, oh, okay. But then like the yeah. story kind of continue to be about Han and Leia and Luke and, and I was like yeah. okay like this is supposed to be a whole new story but it's kind of the same story and so when yeah. they, when it's always there's this build up in the public eye about hey this is what we're going to do it's like is that because your story's not really that good and, uh. and so that always kind of disappoints me because I'm like I don't I mean like I, I, I'm not sitting here like you can't make Indiana Jones girl it's like if you're going to yeah. do it, I'm imagining you're going to have some creative, interesting way of how you hand the reins over. And if yeah. that's done well. Yeah, that's why I say let's see. Let's yeah. see the new movie. And then, like, it feels like a bit of a misstep to announce something like that way before anyone's going to see the movie. <laughs> and and I then don't... now people are going to actively root against her in the movie who don't want to see Lady Indy just because it's a woman. And those, the, you know, the, the Ghostbuster haters. Those are basically. those are some of the things because I know, um, and I think we may have we may have mentioned it briefly at one point uh, back when it came out. 
the most recent uh, Charlie's Angels movie that Elizabeth Banks did. She's an incredibly yeah. capable actress, producer. I mean, I think I don't even think that was the first time she directed something. Um, yeah, I, I, I still need she, to see that. I, I, I've, I've heard a pretty decent things about it. I just haven't seen it yet. But it, like, it was one of those where, I mean, it didn't do well in theaters. And they kind of preemptively said, well, if it doesn't do well in theaters, because men won't go see women, you know, action movies. And I was yeah. like, I feel like you already know this isn't a good movie. And you're just kind of covering <laughs> up for it. It's like, don't, it, yeah. it's like, don't tell me that. It's like, if you it's want me to go see it. It's control. Yeah. So it's when I was like, I don't like that because it's like, okay, whatever you think you're doing by giving me this information, you're not incentivizing me. You're actually doing the opposite. Like if I'm sitting there, like, oh, wow, we're really excited about, she, we want her to take up the mantle. It's like, then just let that be the movie. Like, why are you telling me yeah. about that now? Like if that was, yeah. if that's really going to happen, wouldn't that be a big selling point of the movie? Like, would would you not want it to be like, oh my goodness, she's going to be the new indie? Like, you wouldn't yeah. want me to just figure that out in sitting and watching the movie. You got to tell me months in advance of the movie even coming out. Oh, she might be the new. And indie. if you hadn't if you hadn't shared that link with me, I would have never even heard about it. So I'm guessing it's just not a story to many people right now. Yeah. It's sort of I like hope it stays well, that way. I'm not even really convinced we're gonna get an indie four, <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, who knows? I already know Spielberg isn't directing it, so you know it's like, ah, all right. Well, if we get it, we get it. Great. If not, I mean, Harrison's getting old, man. Like you got to do something old. with this guy. Real He's getting old. really, really old. I mean, he was really uh, so old. So it when may he just be Han. like a non. Yeah, it's just like a non issue. Years all ago around. now. Yeah. Like oh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Gonna... You're absolutely right. And, it's, and really then they're just like, hey, yeah, here's the costume. Don't move too much because we don't want you to break. And they're like, hey, you should I thought be, he looked good. You should I be thought indie. he looked pretty good. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he. I mean, it was just when I was like, OK, this is an old man. I love you, Harrison. I, the only thing I hated man. about that movie was seeing Indy ride bitch to Shia LaBeouf yeah, on a motorcycle. Like, uh, like, I did not like that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, OK, Mutt. Let's give him let's give him top billing here. And I was actually on the Shia LaBeouf fan wagon at that time. I did, I do, and, and still enjoy him to a degree. But yeah, that that just did not work. That was just like, oof. <laughs> yeah. Thank God this money made movie. Or this money made movie. Thank God. Flip that. Reverse it. Movie made money. I have not had anything. If you can believe it. Or not. <laughs> it's the middle of the <laughs> afternoon, man. It's five oh, o'clock crap. somewhere. Well, for the sake of keeping this episode somewhat bite-sized, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap that up here, yep. even though I had a couple other topics. We, we'll we just have to save those for another we'll time, another I suppose. Soon. And uh, again, we're we're going to be, we're, we're leading right into the um, the uh, spooktacular season. I'm trying to get my, my board going. Spooktacular! <laughs> the spooktacular is coming up soon. Do we, we, we want to announce the first movie? Do we want to go ahead and do that right now? We could. We'll be Go ahead so and do bold. it, man. We're going to do yeah. The Conjuring 2. We're skipping the first yeah, one, man. omitting the third one, going straight to the second. Usually a film and a trilogy that people aren't all that thrilled about. But it's my favorite of all three, and my pick was first. So Conjuring 2 is what we're doing. That will be our next full episode coming out. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. So the next episode you download and put in your ears is going to be The Conjuring 2. Yes. Part one of Spooktacular Volume 2. Spooktacular. I'm just going to record myself doing that play it every time. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. All right. 
Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one. Spooktacular.